Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is a weekly podcast focusing on men's health and the issues that men face today. For more episodes, you can go to MovemberRadio.com, find us on iTunes or SoundCloud, and of course, just search for Movember on Facebook. Now, April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and the Movember Foundation has launched an exciting campaign to raise awareness and get blokes to know thy nuts. Yes, indeed. Encouraging men to self-examine their testicles. Get to know what's normal for your nuts. If you think something's not quite right, see a doctor. It's really that simple. Movember Foundation CEO and co-founder Adam Garoni, well, he's hijacking Movember Radio from me for Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and he's interviewing some key people to raise awareness. This episode features Johnny Emerman, founder of the Emerman Angels. And Johnny is a testicular cancer survivor. He was diagnosed at the age of 26. Johnny talks quite openly and brutally honestly about the challenges he faced going through surgery and chemotherapy. While fighting cancer, testicular cancer, at 26 years old, Johnny had loving support from family and friends, but he'd never met anyone his age that was a cancer survivor. He wanted to talk to someone just like him, someone who truly understood and remembered, someone who'd already faced the same type of cancer. So today... Emerman Angels provides that gift for cancer fighters. What it does, it introduces each cancer fighter to one survivor who's the same age, same gender, someone who's already faced that particular type of cancer. A cancer survivor would be an angel, walking, talking and living proof to inspire the fighter that he or she can overcome their cancer. Now, that was the beginning of Johnny's vision. In 2003, Emerman Angels was founded and uh, Johnny met Adam back in 2008. And Johnny has been a great supporter of the Movember Foundation's work and campaigns. I hope you enjoy this episode of Movember Radio with Adam Garoni and Johnny Emerman. Well, Johnny, thanks for joining us here on Movember Radio. Um, I think it was 2008 we first met. That's right. In Ireland at a Livestrong conference in Dublin, a lot of great people there doing great things for the cancer world. Great to see you always. Yeah, I was, uh, I was sort of bumbling around the US at that point, having just bought the Movember campaign to North America, trying to figure out how and where to build and start the movement. And uh, I always describe you as the, uh, the unofficial mayor of Chicago um, with the amount of crew that you know uh, there. So 
or forever grateful for helping to build Movember in uh, in the Midwest. Well, what you have done and what this team has done together is a beautiful thing. You have our unconditional support with the Abram and Angels crew, that's for sure. And I mean, it's just inspiring and motivating every time I'm around you and this energy here. It's it's incredible. It's changing the world every single hour. So lots of love, mad respect to you guys, man. Keep it up. Excellent, man. Well, we're here uh, today to talk about testicular cancer. Uh, that came knocking on your door when you were 26 uh, years of age. So tell us what you were doing at the time and um, how, how did you come to realize something wasn't quite right? Yeah, you know, Adam, it's a crazy story. I was 26 at the time. I'm going to the gym, um, you know, going on dates, um, going for dinners with friends. Um, you know, working in commercial real estate by day, getting my MBA in grad school at night, just like every 26-year-old growing up and just trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life and what you want to work at and what, what you want out of life. And my story's kind of crazy. I was that rare guy that had pain in the testicle. You know, most people do not have pain. So it's so important for any listener here to realize if you wait for the pain, you usually wait too long. It could cost you your life. But I was uneducated. I hadn't been to a doctor in five years. My 20, I was 21 years old, my junior year at University of Michigan. I went to the doctor, got a physical, and then fast forward the next five years at 26 when the pain started and this whole cancer fight started. But during those five years, I went to the gym every day. I felt fine. I didn't think there were any problems, and that's such a, a dangerous way of thinking. You know, we really need to educate the community. Everybody should go in once a year. Everything found earlier is better. You right. have options to fight. You just don't want to wait, and you want to be aware of your body. So back to my story, you know, I'm in a bar, three guys and three girls. We're shooting pool. It's Saturday night. I was in the gym that morning. I felt 100%. I didn't think anything was wrong with my body. All of a sudden worst pain of my life flips on like a light switch and guys who are listening here know exactly what I'm talking about what it felt like is that someone took a knife and stabbed me directly in the left testicle excruciating pain I dropped the pool stick I doubled over in pain at a 90 degree angle couldn't even stand up and my friends looked at me and said Johnny you know well Firemen carry you over our shoulder. You can't even walk. We'll drive you to the hospital. Mm. And I looked at them and said, guys, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. It's Saturday night. I'm sure I'm fine. And I started waddling at a 90-degree angle because I can't stand up. That's how bad the pain was. And I waddle all the way out of the bar. And I swing my legs up and in only to realize my legs are so locked that I can't even reach the pedals. And then at that point, the only thing I can do, I'm almost crying in pain, is to push on my quads, trying to get my legs to extend. I finally do reach the pedals, drive the car, get to the hospital, and you know, not long after, you've got a doctor looking at you in the eyes saying, you know, you have cancer. And I immediately went into chemo and surgeries and a bunch of stuff, but it happens fast. Yeah, and, and that's one of the big issues. Um, with testicular cancer is mm -hmm. the, the time between being told you've got testicular cancer to the mm -hmm. time you're lying on a bed right. about to go under surgery right. can be hours. Yes. So for a lot of guys that actually you know go through this process, they really don't have an opportunity for a second opinion. Right. They don't have an opportunity to process potential side effects. What does all this mean? So what I mean, you told you got cancer, like um, testicular cancer. What? What, what did you have time for a second opinion? Did that even cross your mind? And, and what what are you thinking? Are, are you going to go? Are you thinking about fertility? 
is stuff still going to work? You know, Absolutely. Post, so what? There's so much coming at you. You're right. You got to think about fertility. Are you going to bank sperm? Most of us are sterile after chemo. Um, how are you going to deal with your employer? I had a job. I used to, you know, manage some buildings for a guy in commercial real estate. I'm doing my MBA at night. I'm trying to like, should I talk to my professors? Then you got, you know, maybe you have dating issues, um, family stuff. I mean, there's just so many moving parts, so it can be very challenging. But one key point that I love that you brought up, Adam, and one that I'm so, so a believer in is that you got to give multiple opinions. You know, and I went right to my mom after I got diagnosed. I drove to her house about 10 minutes away, told her what was going on. Of course, everybody in the family is in shock. But she said to me right away, she's like, before we're cutting anything out of your body, we got to get other opinions. We got to make sure it's got to go because once it's gone, it's right. gone. Yeah. We can't put it back in and, and yeah. rewire it. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and, and for a lot of guys, again, you know, when uh, when we're told something's wrong, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, let's just fix it. Right. You know, it's, totally. like, it's sort of like a car. It's like, right. you know, replace it, fix it, cut it out, whatever. And, um, you know, we deal with prostate and testicular cancer. And, and so many times you yeah. hear stories of guys that do rush into treatment right. don't get second and third opinions. So um, yeah. so what, what was the second opinion? What? So immediately we went into other opinions. I got three opinions actually total. All three said, yes, this is cancer. Yes, you got to use this chemo, bleomycin, etoposides, esplatin, those three. And yes, you got to start right away. It's pretty advanced. So again, because of my pain, because I think the tumor was growing so fast. So the pain was constant after it first came on like a light switch. Came on, turned on like a light switch. It felt literally like someone stuck a knife and the knife was still stuck right in the testicle. It never went away. It maybe went down from like a nine and a half, worst pain of my life. Maybe a nine or a 10 down to maybe a six, but it was still at a six, I was still limping. I mean, it was affecting my, me functioning. Mm. So like I was forced to go in, but here's the reality for the listeners. You know, we all need to be proactive with our health and we need to check our bodies. And what guys need to do is once a month in a hot shower, 30 seconds out of your life might save your life to check both testicles. The reason you do it in a hot shower is because the skin softens. You know, heat mm. makes tissue soften. It's the opposite of jumping into a freezing cold pool, right? <laughs> Jump into a freezing cold right, pool. Right. Don't check your testicular cancer there because trust me, you won't find anything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything shrinks and it goes on. Mm. But you do it in a hot shower, there's heat. In the same way women should with breast cancer in a shower once a month because heat makes the breast soften and you're more likely to feel a hardened bump or lump. So that, that's what you're sort of looking for, some sort of an abnormality to, to the shape. That's and bullseye. That's it. An abnormality, a bump, a lump, a hardened sac, maybe like a marble that's on one testicle and not at the other. We're lucky that we can compare one to the other. They should be exactly the same. When there's a disparity or one is harder than the other one, I mean, the whole testicle can be hard, or one's bigger than the other one, any sort of disparity is a red flag. And if you feel a red flag and you feel it week after week, without waiting more than a week or two, you need to go in. You gotta go to a doctor and don't go to a general doctor that sees everything head to toe. Go to a specialist, a urologist that sees from your knees to your belly button. Because those guys are gonna be much more on the pulse of this. And especially if you're 15 to 35 years old, you're young. That's the age group where the highest risk of any male cancer in the United States is testicular cancer. 
right? and and in fact that's that hold true around the world. So um, all right, three opinions, all the same. So surgery, um, right. and that was to surgery. renew, remove the the affected testicle. That's right. So the left testicle was the one with the cancer. We cut that out right away. Then very quickly, I had to bank sperm. And this stuff is like kind of crazy. You do obviously do that before the surgery, right? Actually, it's after the surgery. You cut the one out you have. And it's kind of funny. And I'll be very, I'm very transparent and open, obviously, as we've known each other for a long time. But it's very funny when they cut you, they cut one out. And then immediately within a day or two, they're like, okay, now you have to go masturbate and bank sperm with the other testicle you still have. But the reason why they cut it out right away first is because it's the immediacy of it. I mean, that's life-threatening. So it's like, okay, fertility is important, but like the original tumor that's spreading in your body is big, and that's where it started, and it's already spread beyond it. Like, that's got to go now. That's that's the most important thing. And then the thought of masturbating, I'm sure as anyone listening could think about, into a cup five times. These are five times, and you have to wait 48 hours between banks. So every two days... You have to do it. And was again. that was that painful? It's very painful because you've just been sliced there. Like the last thing you really want to do is masturbate into a cup because everything's sore out there. And you're like, really? Can you give me some serious pain meds and then I'll do it? But yeah, it's definitely not your first choice. It wasn't like my I didn't wake up the next morning and that's what I wanted to, do, but you had to. And that's pretty typical. Yeah. That's really typical. And so in your case, you then went on to have chemo. Mm-hmm. So that's right. how, how, you know, is that a week or is it a month after the surgery? Pretty, I mean, it happens quickly because the docs know the system so well, you know, and because mine was advanced in, in particular, you want to move quickly. I mean, mm. time is important, just like with finding cancer early in general. I mean, mm. we all need to find it earlier. It's always better, more options to fight. So immediately cut the testicle out then it was 10 days five banks every 48 hours so that was 10 more days and then right after those 10 days they actually surgically implanted a port which is a plastic chip into my bicep and then that's a that's an access port for the chemo that's where you take the needle for chemo every day and you stick it into the port and it goes through your main vein into your heart and your heart pumps it around to every single um, cell in your body okay. and that's really what chemo is right it's a liquid it's a toxin of course it's it's a mix in a, in a, in a way to seek and destroy the fastest growing cells in your body which is the definition of cancer but it's um, it's uh, that's the that's the point of that port right is to access point for your body so is again thankfully and I've never been through this and, and the vast majority of people listening won't have so is that painful or is it just like getting an IV at that point the port is a little more than that because you know it's a plastic chip that's by design going to stay in your body for the next six months plus of chemo so every day you're going to go stick the port which by design but it's a bigger vein you don't have to go to smaller veins in your hand or your arm if you go for chemo and stick with a needle your smaller veins with testicular cancer in particular but other ones as well that are high heavy dosage mm. it will literally burn through your veins wow. it's just a matter of time it's so toxic it'll toast your vein and then you've got you know chemo floating on the inside of your body you don't want that yeah so chemo is essentially a poison for your body it's right it's attacking particular cells but it's non-discriminant in right. terms of it's attacking a lot of cells that are similar to cancer so 
Um, so six months of this, how frequently was that? And, you know, how do you feel after? Is it, is it like a hangover or I don't know, how, how could I, the majority of people here relate? Absolutely. No, it's a, these are great questions. I wouldn't know any of this unless I lived it. So basically I went in, my cycles were one cycles, three weeks for testicular cancer. And this definitely is the standard for testicular cancer. You know, I was a guy out of um, University of Indiana Cancer Center by the name of uh, Einhorn, Larry Einhorn. And in about the early 80s, late 70s, he really invented this chemo and is the gold standard for testicular cancer. It just works really well. And so that chemo, which is bleomycin, atopicide, cisplatin, I would get for the first week of every cycle, three-week cycles, the first week was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, about eight hours a day. Oh. So it's literally like going to school if you're in high school or work day. It's like an eight-hour day, right? 7.38 in the morning, and you're done around 5 or whatever in the afternoon. Hmm. And so every day, five in a row, that's heavy. Then the next week, you go in for one day, and then the next week, one day. And that's a full three-week cycle. Then the following week, you go right back in to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the cycles just keep going. So it's more chemo dosage-wise than most cancers. Uh, breast cancer, for example, is usually a few hours, maybe once every week to two weeks. And they just keep going. That's a cycle. So testicular cancer, for whatever reason, it works. So you're not gonna you're not gonna push back on that. But it just is heavy dosage, and that's why it's very common mm -hmm. for testicular cancer people to get ports because if you really try to do it through the veins, lots of times you're just gonna burn them out. Right. And um, so I'm assuming through this process, your your hair falls out. So oh, yeah. And why why is that? Great question. You know, why does hair fall out? So cancer by definition are cells that are in your body, one cell where it starts, where the cell can't shut off. It's reproducing at a rate that is rapid, 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 right? Where a normal cell may be in your skin and your arm might divide and reproduce once a week. That's normal. Then take a cell that has no shutoff switch. It just keeps dividing, dividing, dividing a million times a second. That is that cluster, that group of cells is cancer. So it's it's growing at a rate that literally will eventually go inside other organs so fast and eventually kill you by just rupturing things. It's just mm -hmm. too much, too many cells. So by design, chemo is a liquid that's clear and it's a liquid that looks like a regular IV bag full of salt water or water mm -hmm. or something. Clearly it's not, it's chemicals, but that's what it looks like. And it plugs right into that port with the needle. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And then drop by drop goes through your body. By design, it seeks and destroys the fastest reproducing cells in your body. So anything that's growing at an alarming rate, chemo finds those cells. It kills other ones too, some of the good ones, but it really beats up and is designed to target the ones that grow fast. Hair, similarly, is growing relatively much faster in your body than let's say your fingernail mm. or a skin cell in your body. So chemo cannot distinguish between those cells that are growing fast and that's why your hair falls out because it's it, it can't tell the difference um, and again it's temporary so when you see someone is bald if anyone listening out there is not sure why that happens it's a great question Adam like why are people's hair falling out it's not the cancer it's not any other treatment it's the chemo during the cancer that does it but then when you stop the chemo hair does grow back because those cells, once they're destroyed, eventually chemo stops, then they regenerate and they continue to grow hair mm. in general. So the, the, you go through the chemo. Mm -hmm. um, they, there must be a point where they go, okay, the chemo's finished. They do a scan and they go, okay, right. as far as we can tell, right. you're, you're cancer free. Right. So you get back to life right. um, as, as best and I'm imagining as, as quick as you can. Right. And another question I had was around, okay, you're now living with one testicle and does that mean you produce half as much sperm? Is your sexual drive the same half or? Right. It's a great question. So my oncologist told me this point blank because I asked her one day about testosterone recovery and sperm recovery. And she said to me, you don't have to worry about a thing that once you cut out one testicle, the one testicle, the other one, the one you still have, the human body is amazing. It will literally, within a matter of a couple months, two to three months, will double production of testosterone. So it knows that you went from 100% down to 50 when you cut one out, and it's gonna double production in the one you still have within a few months and bring it back to full strength. I mean, that's the norm. Wow. So I don't take anything. I don't take any pills, any gels. Do I know some people who ha need a gel or a pill to, to get testosterone back to normal levels? Yes, I mean, it does happen sometimes, but the norm that people should know for testicular cancer is that your, your, your one that you have bounces back and you're, you're gonna be okay. Wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, yeah. <laughs> life sort of resumes to some sort of normality right, um, right. and then um, you're going for I guess regular scans and exactly. testicular cancer comes knocking back on the door I mean that must be a devastating blow to have it again so can you tell us about that absolutely episode? you know I thought I was totally clear my cancer again spread from my left testicle up into my pelvis abdomen behind my kidneys almost to my lungs so I thought I was clear, but at the end of all these cycles of chemo, it worked, and scans are clear. At 27 years old, I'm slowly building back up. I'm just starting to get back in the gym. I'm trying to like, feel like myself again. And then all of a sudden, on a checkup CAT scan, we show four tumors. And they were right behind my kidneys, sort of near my spine, a very 
difficult to get to spot, but also very typical if it does come back because that's the normal pathway of testicular cancer. So my doctor said, okay, again, back to the point. I know I keep saying this, but it's so important. My doctors are scanning and watching like a hawk because again, anything found earlier is better. Mm. And we found it right away because we're doing these consistent scans and said, we don't think we need to pump you with more chemo. We can cut this out because it's so early. So we did an 11 inch vertical incision through my abdomen, sternum basically all the way down to the pubic bone. They moved, human body is amazing first of all. It's amazing how strong we can be as people. They moved all my interior organs, stomach, liver, kidneys, intestines completely out of my body, pushed them all the way to the sides so they could get to the back, cut all the four tumors out of the back, the surrounding lymph nodes and tissue, put all the organs back in, stitched the stomach muscle, and then 60 staples vertically up and down. So when I woke up after that, all I could do, and I had an NG tube in my nose, I mean, you're like, there's a lot going on, but I looked down and I could just see like a zipper of metal straight up and down of all these staples. Fortunately, it was successful. After that, they scanned me and it was clear. But it took a while to get back, of course, into feeling strong again. It there there must be slice. ongoing anxiety um, knowing, yeah, I've got another checkup or another scan going into that going, well, it's come back once. Could it come back, you know, again? And um, I, I think so like mentally right. through this whole journey this roller coaster ride of diagnosis then treatment then side effects and then it recurring right. how did you what, what was your mind like and how did you stay mentally tough and healthy you know during it there's no question it comes down to people in your life and I think it's just the most clear human thing I mean, when you're going through life's biggest challenges, you want to have the people who love you in the room. Mm. And I was blessed to have the best mother in the world. She was there every minute, every step, every chemo, every surgery. I moved in with her. She would drive me to chemo. She can't really drive on chemo. My oncologist told me right away, you know, you're on so much chemo, you're going to get something called chemo fog, another one of these crazy side effects. And you're just really foggy in the brain and people are talking to you. And you're just kind of hearing it. You're kind of looking up into the lights in the, in the sky. You're just, you're just not focusing. It's really hard. It's like ADD times a thousand. And so I was really lucky. My mom took care of me there. My brother really helped out. My friends were great. I mean, a typical day to visualize me on chemo was 15 people in the room. I just was lucky. I had a lot of friends that lived in Detroit where I grew up and they would come visit me. I had buddies that were residents at the hospital that were doctors and nurses. I knew a couple nurses and they would all stop by. So I had all this good energy. That's really, to answer your question, what really helped me stay positive because like they're telling me jokes um, they're laughing. In fact, the cousins while I'm here in LA, the cousins I'm staying with right now, and you gotta have humor. You gotta have people and you gotta have love and you also gotta have humor from those people that you love. And one quick story I'll tell you, which is so funny because I'm actually staying with these cousins right now up in Santa Monica is they sent me again. I'm in Michigan, they're here, but we're really close and they're really funny. And one day I'm on chemo and my mom comes into the room and she's like, oh, your cousin, your cousins in California sent you a big box, a big package. And I got all excited. I come out of my chemo fog and I'm kind of clear. I'm like, so happy about that. I opened up this box and I look inside this box and it's a gallon size plastic container of cashews. 
and I opened the card and I said, Johnny, heard you need some nuts. <laughs> I was like, that is hilarious. And that is, I think, what you need. You need love from family and friends and you need support and you, you just feel better when they're around you or talking to you. But you also need humor and you need to laugh. And if you take it too seriously every day, the anxiety, yes, will probably crush you. Mm. It's just too deep, it's too heavy, and it's such a marathon, not a sprint. So stories like that make me laugh. I needed them, I loved it. Everyone's different, how they're gonna cope. But for me, that really, really helped me. Yeah, and, and I, I know this story, but this was really the inspiration behind Immerman's Angels and the work that that organization does that you founded. And, and really, it's become your life's purpose and mission. So um, tell us a little bit about the organization and, and what they do, and by all means, give it a strong plug because it is a free service and having referred people to it I know um, how valuable um, the service can be so well thank you we appreciate all the Movember support there's no question you guys have been a huge driver in referrals and you touch so many lives just so beautiful in what you do and you guys are the front end of the mule that you're curing cancer you're doing the the research side and I love that you take so much time, just like right here, right now, to be also, say, look, the back end of the meal is important too. If you already have cancer today, how are we helping these people? Mm. And that's when a group like we come in, where we don't do research, but we do a program. And we focus on someone who's diagnosed with cancer. You know, how are we helping them? So when I was diagnosed, I would take this chemo pole and I would walk around I would leave my room again of 15 people, all this energy, positivity, you know, people telling me jokes, sending me these cashews with her, you need some nuts, all that fun stuff that I was blessed to have. And I would take my IV pole and I would walk down the hallway and you can't help it, but look in these other rooms, like who else is here? You know, what are they doing? What are, how are they fighting? You know, you just, your curiosity takes over. And what I noticed that every time I would walk down the hallway of the bathroom and look in these rooms, I would see people fighting alone every day the sad reality of what the cancer center looks like and i know a lot of people maybe have never been to one which is good but i want to be very sobering like that's what you see people fight alone they're scared they're lying in a bed all by themselves no friends no family maybe everybody's working maybe their family lives out of state and they look so depressed i mean i would get depressed if i didn't have anyone in my room and i'm on chemo eight hours a day i mean that is lonely and that's just not right and I felt guilty. And every day I felt a little more guilty and a little more guilty and a little more frustrated that well, how come I get to walk back to my room with all this love, but like these are good people too and they've got none of it. And so finally I got so frustrated, felt so guilty, I started walking into rooms and I would introduce myself with my little IV pole and say, hey, I'm Johnny. You know, I just had a ball cut out. You know, what's your name? What are you going through? Try to like break the ice here. And what I found is people were like immediately open. They were open arms. Wait, oh, you're young too? And wait, you, you have cancer? Like, what type do you have? And, and they're telling me about theirs, and I'm telling, me about, telling them about mine. And it's almost like war stories. Like, you're in war together. You have this bond because you're all in it together, and you all, like, have the same fears and the same concerns, and you're sharing side effects and your tips to deal with the side effects. And you just immediately become friends. An hour goes by like that. You just, you just, like, you immediately click. 
And an hour later, you're hugging each other, saying, listen, man, you keep strong. And they're saying, no, no, you keep strong. And it's like, everyone's just rooting for everybody. It's like human raw nature at its best. Mm. And everybody just wants everybody to live. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And I realized after doing that for a long time that there was an unbelievable bond there that we're missing, that there's a crack in the cancer world. Why aren't these friendships being made? And so after I finished... I realized I wanted to give back, and the way to give back was to, to give them someone who's fighting alone, any type of cancer, a connection to someone also who is a cancer person, but even one step further was the same age as them, who beat the same cancer as them, who maybe was three years out of that cancer, who had it at the same stage level, who, if they're married, this person's married. If they have kids, this person's kids. I'm like, we need to line people up one-to-one who have survived the exact same thing with those diagnosed fighting alone, isolated today. And when you put them in the same room, it's like magic. That's like fireworks. I mean, you can see it and you don't have to really look that far because these people tell you how much it helps them. So again, you know, back to your original question, we appreciate all the referrals and that's how we help more people. It's all free, but the people that find us, no one should fight alone. There's survivors out there who want help. We are the bridge. And when you say room with technology now, that could be a virtual room. Yes, it's absolutely. Chats, it's, it's phone. It's Skype. It's, it could be email. It could be texting. It could be phone. I and mean, we have people in you know Australia who are mentoring somebody in New York or somebody in Iceland who's mentoring somebody in, uh, in California. It doesn't matter where you live. There's also a new technology that's my friends in tech tell me is very close where it's a real-time Google Skype translator. So you can have a person who speaks Mandarin, lives in China, who is fighting cancer, and somebody in Georgia who's talking to them through Skype, and they're going to be able to real-time talk to each other, but one in China is speaking Mandarin, and then it comes out in English to the guy in Georgia, and he speaks English back, and it goes back to Mandarin to the person in China, and it's like a real conversation. Of course, the lips aren't going to line up, but who cares about that, right? (laughs) And it's going to be an amazing way for us Mm. to really even connect more people. Yeah, and there's really two communities that you nurture. One is um, people that have been through cancer that are uh, wanting to be angels and mentors, and then obviously people that are... uh, uh, unfortunately coming into that world and new, newly diagnosed so right. how can either of those groups of people get in touch and get connected with the organization yeah I mean we are looking for both sides everything is free we have almost 8,000 people worldwide we're the world's largest group of survivors for mentoring that we know of in the world for cancer but we're only as good as our network. So any survivors out there or family members too we do match family members could be so a spouse to caregivers Caregivers, exactly. Could be a caregiver, a spouse to a spouse. Someone might have a four-year-old that has leukemia. The parents get matched to another set of parents that can say, our kid's 14, but when she was four, Annabelle had the same thing. And now she's fine. She grew her hair back. You know, we walk the walk. We'll help you parent to parent or spouse to spouse. And even in the hard situation where you have someone who loses maybe a spouse to cancer, and they think their world's never going to get better again. Maybe they're suicidal. I see that a lot, where people become suicidal. They lost their life partner. Sometimes they're young, and that happens, and even harder. We match them to someone that can say, look, I'm young too, but 10 years ahead of you. Hmm. 10 years ago, I lost my spouse to cancer. I thought I would never be able to go on, but here's how I did it, and I'm 95% back to happy. 
But if you asked me in year one, I would have told you 50% happy would have been an unrealistic miracle. And that's the reality. Like in life, we go through challenge, we think it's as bad as it can get during, and it's never gonna get better. It's hard to visualize. The survivors, the caregivers, the angels, the mentors, they embody hope, mm. that there is hope, that if you just keep taking one foot in front of the other, there is a path, life's gotten better for them, it also can for you. And an important note that you alluded to there, but just to clarify, even though the inspiration was your testicular cancer um, battle, um, this is all cancers, men and women, um, All cancers, all ages, anywhere in the world. If you're touched by cancer, kids, adults, anyone, we can help. We don't turn anyone away. We help thousands of people a year. We want to get to millions. And all they need to do is go to immermanangels.org or just call our office at 866-IMMERMAN, which is I-M-E-R-M-A-N, and reach out. And we have a call center. We have a staff of 12 people full-time in Chicago. We have a 5,000-square-foot space right in the loop. But again, we respond to calls or people signing up online anywhere in the world. Perfect way to finish the interview, Johnny. (laughs) Thank you so much, Thank you, man. That was Johnny Emerman in conversation with Adam Garoni, the co-founder and CEO of the Movember Foundation. Uh, you can find out more about this show at movemberradio.com. Search for Movember in Facebook. And you can support Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in many ways. So check out movember.com to find out more about the Know Thy Nuts campaign. Uh, I've actually got one of these. They're pretty awesome because there's limited edition Movember soap on a rope available. It's in the shape of testicles. Yeah, you can buy it. As an ideal reminder, just check your nuts while you're in the shower. If something doesn't feel right, go see a doctor. It's really that simple. We've also got your nuts covered with Movember and RLTD underwear available from the Movember store. Thank you so much for listening to this show. This episode was produced by Adam Garoni, Lavanya Nagendran, and uh, audio production was by Daryl Misson. Music was by Toe Hider. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Talk to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.